But first, we are going to talk about senior citizens' issues and elder law. I know we have a lot of seniors that listen to the show. We also have a lot of people who are taking care of mothers and fathers and loved ones and grandparents. And we get a lot of questions about how these things are handled. And so in honor of this coming Wednesday being National Senior Citizens Day, a day devoted to letting senior know that we care about them, uh, what better uh, thing to do than to get a lawyer who devotes her career to advising elderly people and those who care for them. Heather uh, Vorn is a partner at DDV Law in Chicago. She's a certified elder law attorney. She's a guardian at Lightham, and uh, this is what she does for a living. She's spoken locally and nationally on all these kinds of issues. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks for uh, holding with us today. Thanks so much, Karen. I'm excited to be on. Finally. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what does an elder lawyer give advice about as opposed to a regular lawyer who might do estate planning or something like that? So elder law attorneys really concentrate on issues that affect seniors and people with disabilities. Uh, It can be a wide range of issues that we address, honestly, Um, more than I expected when I started in this field. But it includes long-term care planning, health care issues, estate planning, guardianship and probate matters, social security, retirement issues, and governmental benefits like Medicaid, Medicare. Also, nursing home rights and admissions is really a hot issue lately as well. And I want to get a little bit to to all of these things. Uh, So these are issues that are facing older people, but do you wait until you're our senior to start uh, planning these things, or do you think it's a good idea to see an elder care, elder law lawyer before uh, these things become at issue? That's a great question. From a timing standpoint, you really want to consult with an elder law attorney before you actually need one. Um, If we get involved early on, we can do a lot more effective planning and preservation than if people wait till a crisis uh, arises. At that point, we can still certainly help, but we might be a little bit more limited. Oftentimes, I see people coming in, maybe they have an initial diagnosis of a serious medical condition, and they don't know what the next few years are going to look like. So they want to get everything in order, and that's a great time. But I would even recommend even earlier, before you have an onset of a you know significant or serious medical issue. And nursing homes uh, and assisted uh, care facilities, what kinds of issues arise? I mean, I know people sometimes call me and they say, listen, I'm going into uh, this this facility. I need someone to review my contract. Is this the kind of thing that an elder law attorney can do? And what what kind of advice can you and do you give to seniors who are entering such a facility? Well, first of all, I absolutely recommend consulting with an elder law attorney before signing a nursing home or assisted living contract. Those contracts can be riddled with language that even violates the law, but is very egregious, and it can include such things as personal guarantees, waivers of liability that benefit the nursing home and not really the senior or person with a disability. So, I would recommend taking that contract before signing it to an elder law attorney to review. There's things that we can do beforehand and negotiate terms, um, but it's imperative to do that before it's signed and presented to the nursing home. Because well, then we're limited. Yeah, and so Heather, you're not there. It's not just either sign it or or don't come here. You can actually negotiate terms that are better and more uh, favorable to your clients. Oftentimes, 
there's a lot of negotiation that can be done. Um, it just has to be done before signature and presentation. The concern is that most of the nursing homes, several of the nursing homes might have language that's actually contrary to the law. Wow. So we can negotiate, take that out. Oftentimes we have to work with the corporate counsel for the facility, but we're usually successful in resolving that. But if it's signed, we are much more limited and there's various case law that says, well, that might be still valid, even if it's contrary to what the provisions are under the law. So it's something to be very careful about. Yeah. Um, and before we go to break, uh, there I, I had this issue arise with a, a caller, and I, I think I referred her to you, as a matter of fact. But it was a question saying, you know, my spouse is going into a facility, and I want to know what my, are my rights and my duties. How do I protect my assets so that all of the assets and the income and pension money uh, doesn't go to support him and leaving me with nothing. Just generally speaking, how do you deal with those issues? That's probably the biggest question that comes in through my doors at the office. Yeah. Is everybody's concerned about that. The good news is that the law does provide for a prevention for spousal impoverishment. So there's ways to allow the spouse to keep assets, including the house and $109,560 in assets. So in addition to that, there's a provision for income to be kept, but there's so many different little exceptions to the rule that might apply to one's individual case where they might be able to keep more. We might be able to structure it where they can preserve a little more. It's really, it's really imperative, for instance, when you have a spouse who might be 20 years younger than the sixth spouse, and that person has a long time to live and needs money to live. So there's a lot of planning that can be done. But the good news is Illinois does allow for the community spouse and healthy spouse to keep assets to live off of. Heather Vorm is with the is a partner with DDD DDV Law LLC, uh, and we're going to come back with some more questions for you. But can you tell our listeners how they would get in touch with you? Absolutely, um, they can reach us at three one two eight seven eight zero one five five, and we have three offices in one in the Loop, one in Orland Park, and one in Oakbrook for convenience. Heather, we'll be back with you in a minute. You're listening to The Karen Conti Show on WGN. Welcome back. We, In honor of National Senior Citizen Day, we are talking to Heather Vorm, who is a certified uh, elder law attorney with the law firm of DDV Law in Chicago and having offices uh, in other areas uh, in the suburbs. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Let's get right to it. Now, you elder law lawyers do more than estate planning, but you also do estate planning. Is that correct? Correct. And when you, uh, what what can an elder law attorney add to the mix when it comes to estate planning, as opposed to what a normal, just your garden variety estate planning lawyer does? So I would generally say your garden variety estate planning attorney really focuses more on what happens when you pass away, how your assets get distributed at that time. The goal is to get it done as efficiently as possible according to the client's wishes and to minimize taxes. For elder law attorneys, we also factor that in, but we're also concerned about the preservation of assets and income during your life and what happens if you need significant care and the costs of that care are you know, extraordinary. 
So that's where we focus on it to kind of, it's more of a during your life focus than after you should pass away. And I would imagine from what I know and from what you do, it's more holistic in that it's focused on, you know, the general living arrangements and the, and the money and the and the benefits and Social Security and, you know, a, a bunch of different things that come in and without just a single focus on, like you said, when a person passes away. That's correct. We really do get involved in a lot of the very personal aspects of our clients' life. Where is the best place for them to get the care that they need? How can they afford it? How can we keep them in their home if that's their wishes? What's their actual medical needs? So we really delve into the whole person. I have uh, a feeling that you probably know whether good assisted facilities, uh, care facilities are and the nursing homes that are good and some of them are bad. Have you had a lot of experience with the different ones in the area? We certainly have. And it's so hard because I tell my clients, they always want me to tell them where to go. And it's such a personal choice. And I've had clients who've had wonderful experiences. I've had clients who've had really not so great experiences. And so it's very hard for me to direct them. But I I help them go through how to find appropriate ones that meet their needs because everybody's different. It's a, and it's a huge decision, not only for the people going into the facility, but for the spouse who might be outside of it, and certainly for the surviving family members who will, you know, have interaction for sometimes many years to come. Absolutely. So, Heather, um, what are some of the questions that you answer, some of the issues that you deal with? Could you bullet point some of the things that maybe people aren't thinking about um, that they might have questions about that they don't even know they have questions about that you would address as an elder law attorney? Sure. So first and foremost, estate planning, getting powers of attorney in place, wills and trusts, if appropriate, we focus on that. Um, The biggest thing that I see more so from the elder law perspective is care. What kind of care is needed for the individual? What is the cost of that care? How are we going to pay for that care? There's a variety of ways, you know, uh, where is the person going to receive the care? There's different facilities. You can have care at home. And, and what's really the person's wishes? And how can we effectuate that with, you know, within the framework of their finances, the law and their wishes? We, have, we also, oh, go ahead. Keep going. This, I was going to uh, say, we also do guardianship if there aren't powers of attorney in place or there was some problem with a power of attorney. Uh, there's a lot of exploitation cases our firm will take on to try and recover funds from seniors who may have fallen prey to exploitation. Uh, we do a lot of admission contract review for facilities and also residence rights issues in facilities. Sometimes when you're in a facility, you could be discharged, and there's very strict rules on when you can be discharged, so we will help advocate for our clients in that in that area as well. It, very interesting. Um, I, I've, I've had a lot of uh, issues with that, but people call me and say, my mother was discharged because X, Y, Z, you know, we paid all this money, and is this fair and is this legal? So that is something that you definitely get involved in. Yes. Now, talking about guardianships, without going too much into it, I think we've all kind of followed the Britney Spears, what they call it, conservatorship in California. And obviously, Britney Spears is not an old person, but um, but it's the same kind of issue. Like, you get to a point where you can't manage your own personal finances or your own personal decisions, and there can be a guardianship. What kinds of issues do you see uh, involved in the guardianship? 
Wow, this is so timely with Britney Spears and the recent movie, I Care A Lot. Yes. Um, guardianship is really probate court for the living. It's people who can't handle their affairs. A lot of times people don't want to admit they have limitations and think that they're able to when they're making decisions due to a disability or some other condition that are really not well thought out of because of the disability. So that's when you end up in guardianship court. Um Oftentimes, it can be very litigated because the person doesn't want a guardian, refuses one. Other times, it can be family members fighting to be the guardian. A lot of other times, it's exploitation cases where we get a guardian appointed to try and recover funds and go after the bad actor. So those are kind of the guardianship, some of the guardianship issues. There's always an issue with placement and care as well and how finances are being administered. So it's very, guardianships are very involved. And can be very complicated. I get a lot of uh, calls, Heather, about um, the typical cases. My sister is hanging around my elderly father, and he's got some money in the bank, and it seems like it's disappearing. And I think my sister's driving a new car. And what kind of control do I have over what my uh, my sibling or loved one, or maybe even not somebody related, um, has the access to to the elderly parent? Do you get a lot of that? And what are the actions that you can take to kind of solve those problems? problems. We do see a lot of that over the last few years. I think there's been an uptick in those kinds of cases as well, just with the economy and everything that's going on. Um, And so, you know, it kind of depends, is somebody acting under a power of attorney? We might take an approach of if the person's not competent, you know, filing for guardianship and petitioning to suspend or revoke a power of attorney because we believe the POA is acting in bad faith or not for the benefit of the person. Um, if it's more of an accounting of where the funds are going, there's provisions in the law where you can go to court, demand an accounting to be provided so we can see what's been what's going on, what's transpiring. Um, but a lot of times those those cases do end up in the court system and it can get a little nasty and it's always public. So it's much better to try and plan and appoint the people you want in these cases rather than having some someone step in and just take control over an individual. And, you know, Heather, I know this is a big open-ended question, but how do you choose the right person to help you when you become disabled or after your death uh, to be the administrator of your estate? I think I see sometimes, um, you know, parents want to be fair with all the children, but maybe there's one child who's a little bit more responsible, a little bit better with money, a little more organized, and that person, you know, gets that responsibility, then there's jealousy and envy. How, how do you tell your clients to choose that person who who's going to be making decisions for you? That's such a great question. And it's something I deal with on a regular basis with my clients. You know, um, a lot of people don't want problems within the family and they feel that if I don't name my oldest child, he'll be mad and that will be a problem. But really, my youngest is the more responsible. I really try to stress with my clients that you want someone who thinks similarly to you, who you trust to act in a way that you would act for yourself. And, you know, Forget about age. Forget about the jealousy piece. This is, well, who do you want to do what's right for you? And it can be very different among the families. Um, so sometimes it's hard, and sometimes clients just still decide to go with what, you know, I'm just going to go with my oldest and go down the line. Um, I've had a case where 
the that oldest child had two bankruptcies and couldn't balance a checkbook and that was <laughs> right. the person they wanted to appoint and I was like that's not a good answer to this problem no so right it, it's hard but people end up making that decision for themselves because it is personal but I really do stress it needs to be someone who would honor your wishes and that you trust implicitly because it's a job and it is a very important job Absolutely. Um, Heather, why don't you uh, tell people where they can reach you on the phone and where your website is? This is Heather Vorn. That's V-O-O-R-N. Go ahead. Yep. Thank you. It's You can reach us at 312-878-0155. And our website, D as in dog, D as in dog, V as in Victor, elderlaw.com has a lot of helpful information as well. Heather Vaughn, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure you're going to come here again when we have some more time and, and when the race uh, the races aren't uh, <laughs> uh, nudging into our time. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care.